Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive show and talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm Eric. And this week we watched That 90s Show on Netflix. What'd you think? It wasn't good. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I've got thoughts. That's good. Somebody should. You don't have thoughts. (laughs) I do. Um... Yeah, I. What I want that I didn't get from this episode was just let's keep following the the kids from that '70s show, but now, you know, and I think I truly think that we got aside from Fez, who we know obviously comes back at some point during all of this, and we know Hyde's not. Yeah, he's back. definitely not coming back, and should not. He should be <laughs> locked away for a long time. I it just I found that more compelling than the new kids on this show. Is that because I'm an old man or is that because they weren't good? Do you think? So it's interesting because in that 70s show, this might be the first time I've ever thought about this. In that 70s show, the people that are playing in the teenagers are in their early to mid 20s. And side by side, you can tell the age difference between those actors when they were in that 70s show and the actors in that 90s show, which are like legit teenagers. Except for Mila Kunis, who was not even of age to act when that 70s show was happening. She lied about her age so that she could be on the show because she was too young to be doing as much work as that show was requiring. Okay. (laughs) So except Mila Kunis. Sure. But it made me think about like my subconscious perception of the characters when when i noticed those differences in their ages like it could also be that i was watching that 70s show when i was the same age as those characters so i'm just looking back at, through that lens at, at them that i'm relating so hard to them or related so hard to them there's some difference there for me that i'm not i can't reconcile i think where this show could have gone a long way towards getting me to relate to those kids more is if they had done anything at all to make this show feel like it was set in the nineties other than their clothes. I will fully admit their clothes The I don't remember the Asian kids name the, what was his name? The kid from Barb and star go to Vista Del Mar. Was that what he was from? Yeah. Uh, um that i i am 100 positive i owned that shirt that he was wearing through that episode his name was ozzy yep ozzy you're right i owned that shirt but there was nothing there were no other references to the 90s they listened to alanis morissette did they yeah there's like singing she she sang alanis morissette but then uh leia was talking about how she's got some bootleg tape or whatever and then they went to listen to it and it absolutely we never there was not a there was nothing there was nothing 90s i don't know alanis morissette aside i i just don't this show didn't feel set in the 90s yeah so i told you earlier this week on sunday we were laying in bed and shay fell asleep so i was going to put something on and i was scrolling around to see something and i pulled up netflix and that 90s show popped up i was like oh we're doing that for the podcast this week uh, so I probably shouldn't watch it. And I thought, oh, I could, I could 
watch the first episode of this and then, you know, rewatch it closer to the recording. And then I thought, oh, I'm not going to do that because if I watch the first episode of this, I'm going to want to keep watching more. So what I did instead was start watching that 70s show. Still holds up. It's still it's still pretty good. I've been enjoying it. But uh, like I said, watching that 70s show in, in the 90s and being the same age as the characters uh, and relating to those, like the characters in that 70s show in high school were me and my friends in high school. I, and on purpose, there were everybody and everybody's friends in high school. But uh, watching it now and looking back, I'm still like fond of those teenage kids in, in like a nostalgic type of way. But I'm also like, Red wasn't that bad. <laughs> and it, I know, I know that it's because, like you've said before, when shows go on, they make the characters character caricatures of themselves and. Red has not called. I'm halfway through the first season. He hasn't called Eric a dumbass once. Uh, <laughs> but that is absolutely that and foot up your ass are the two things. Like if I was going to do a red impression, those would be the two things I would say. Right. But like right now, he's a stern father, but he's like giving his kids room to like get in a little trouble and have a little fun. Like he tells the kids like, I'm going to give you the Vista Cruiser, but don't drive it out of town. And goes back inside and sits down and read the newspaper. And Kitty's like, uh, what are the kids up to, to today? And he goes, ah, oh, they're going out of town. And uh, and there's another one where like Eric and uh, Don are flirting on the porch, and they come home, and Kitty's drunk and starting to like harass Eric, and he just sort of knowingly like is pushing Kitty inside so Eric can flirt with the girl, that type of stuff. So uh, like I'm like, yeah, Red's cool for now. <laughs> I know he's gonna get like kind of toxic and awful, but also isn't I, that always the way? Yeah. Also, I love Kitty so much. She reminds me of my next-door neighbor growing up who um, was also a nurse and just had that same um, personality. And I remember one time before a school dance, I was, like, dressed up for the dance and getting ready to go. It was, like, in an hour. My mom goes, hey, uh, take this Tupperware back over to, to Cindy. And I go, oh, okay. And I go over and I knock on the door and there's not an answer. And I'm like, oh, all right. And I open the door and I walk in and She's not anywhere, and I, like, go downstairs, go downstairs, and she's, like, doing laundry and, like, talking to herself, like, oh, nobody appreciates what I do around here and stuff like that. But I go, oh, Cindy, I just wanted to let you know I brought back the Tupperware. I set it on the kitchen counter, and she goes, oh, okay, great. And then she looks me up and down. She goes, you're going to the dance? I was like, yeah. And she goes, your pants are too wrinkly. Take them off and get the iron out. <laughs> and I stood there in my underwear while she ironed my pants for me. <laughs> it was it was just like it's just like a really fun, like fond, neighborly memory of this like really great woman. Yeah, uh, <laughs> jumping back to that uh, caricaturization of characters, though, I don't recall Kitty being quite so horny for Kelso, though. Which they definitely did in that '90s show. Oh yeah, I don't know that that and that that was uncomfortable. Yeah, I think we've commented on this before, so I won't belabor the point. But doing a live studio audience on a streaming show is dumb. I didn't actually do air quotes, but they were implied. I noticed it and didn't like it, but I got over it pretty quick. I would have gotten over it quicker if it weren't so poorly cut into the show like there were multiple times where the the start of the laughter was like a heavy clip like it was very obvious that this was just like 
<laughs> like it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, um, it wasn't good. Do you want to tell everybody what the show is about? It's it's that 90s show. Do I have to tell them what that 70s show is about if we're going to tell them? What, because <laughs> so there was a show called that 70s show. <laughs> how, how into that 70s show were you historically? I watched it fairly regularly not at the time that it was on though typically like i can't say i sat down like oh it's thursday night time for that 70s show yeah in syndication yeah definitely in syndication and only ever until the season that or seasons but i think it was just season that eric went away because nobody cares about Uh, seth meyer's brother is the guy that replaces eric on the show and nobody cares about that kid yeah Uh, especially since he just donna just (laughs) whatever anyway (laughs) So it's the characters from that 70s show, but they're all grown up and Eric and Donna have a child named Leia who, yeah, I mean, that that was perfect. I, I did enjoy, honestly, the only scenes I enjoyed were the ones with Eric and it's not just because he's got like a really cool first name. It's because he was the only one that seemed to be even trying to be funny mm-hmm. in terms of acting. Yeah, I thought Topher Grace, like... He was really he, good in this. <laughs> But the scene where he's admonishing Leia and, is, and calls her Leia ta- Tatooine, and I rolled my eyes so hard, but it, but I genuinely believe that was her middle name. Like, I don't understand how Donna would allow that to happen. Yeah. And I thought that exchange was funny. Like, you know her middle name is, I don't even remember what it was. Uh, yeah, it was Anne or something. Yeah. They sure did lean in hard to, like, Eric being a Star Wars nerd. For better or worse, this show absolutely picked up where that 70s show ended because i remember not liking that in that 70s show either mm-hmm. in that it started out i mean yeah he was excited about star wars so were most kids that were of that age when that movie came out but it just it got hammered home more and more as that show went on as he became a character of eric foreman and they're not starting anything from scratch here like everybody is fucking kelso coming in the first thing he's saying is screaming burn like yeah that's that's kelso speaking of that was it weird that eric and donna came into town and visited their parents and jackie and kelso are living in town and they didn't like meet up for a drink or anything or invite eric and donna to their wedding also a good point. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. I was like, why did they not see each other? That's, I would have liked to see like the four of them hang out. Yeah. I agree. I At the end of the episode, we see a uh, this season on that 90s show. So I I'm pretty sure that there are scenes where they're going to be together at some point. But I got the sense if I had just watched this episode and not watched that, I would have fully thought that they got all of their cameos out that first day of recording, but people's schedules didn't align. So they just had to do them all separately because that's the way it felt. Yeah, I I was thinking that, too, because they're all fairly busy folks. Are they? Are they? Orange is the New Black isn't on anymore, so I don't know what Laura Prepon Donna is doing. Fucking Topher Grace hasn't been in anything that I'm aware of since he was Venom in Spider-Man 3. What's his name? Ashton Kutcher, maybe. 
And then I, he's married to Mila Kunis. So whatever he's got going on, she might have going on too. She's acting more than I think any of the other three. Oh, Topher Grace is in a show called Home Economics. It's a sitcom on ABC. That I think has been canceled already, hasn't it? Or is that still on? I remember that being advertised, but I also remember it was thinking re- that show is going to get canned in like five seconds. It was renewed for a third season in what? 2022. Yeah, so there three you go. Seasons. I'm less shocked that it got renewed and more shocked that it's on to three seasons already. And he was in Black Klansman. He's been in a lot of stuff. Tover, I remember him being in Black Klansman. Yeah. He played, uh, what's his face? The leader of the KKK. David Duke. David Duke. Yeah. I knew it was Duke. I, could, I wanted to say Danny, but I knew that wasn't right. Yeah, and he was good in that or whatever. But that I'm pretty sure that movie came out like five, six years ago. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this correctly. But I'm nearly positive he was on an episode of hot ones or something like that where he was being interviewed and he was talking about yeah it was hot ones because he was talking about how he he said on the show that he's giving out his phone number to people so they can text him just to like chat and so i went ahead and texted that phone number i've deleted the text otherwise this would have been way funnier because what i remember is it turns out i he seemed I know this is a lot more prevalent now, uh, but I think he was at the forefront of this, which is basically setting up an automated text back account. So if you text him, it just sends this automated uh, text to you like, hey, thanks for chatting with me. And then he'd send out blurbs about various charity shit and stuff like that. And it was constant and fucking obnoxious. But I remember that only because it was only a few days ago that I was going through contacts on my phone and realized that I still had Ashton Kutcher in my fucking phone and I went ahead and deleted that. Yeah, there was a minute there where a lot of celebrities were doing that. I had Jim Gaffigan for a while that yeah. I tried. I'm trying to think of who else. Jim but, Gaffigan, who was also on that 70s show, if I remember correctly. Oh, I don't remember that. I think he, he played... Uh, he owned a shop or something in that show. Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, his name was Roy. He was in seasons five and six. Oh, nice. No, I'm going to text him right now. Jim Gaffigan? Yeah. Okay. You think he'll respond? You think you can get him to tweet about the podcast? Oh, does he have a Twitter? Probably. I'm. Uh, there's no world in which I think he doesn't. You going to keep watching this? No. I'm going to keep watching that 70s show then when i get through that i might give that 90s show another chance or two what about that 80s show i I was planning on bringing up that 80s show i know that it existed (laughs) i remember being very tentatively excited about it and then very quickly disappointed by it because if if i remember correctly it came out still at the height of that 70 shows popularity so it wasn't like that 70 show ended and then they went into that 80 show i think it was you know most of the way through that 70 show that they decided that they were going to try and make that work and it did not i had a professor in college point out and this doesn't quite quite work but point out that people are always nostalgic for decades that are like 20 or 30 years beforehand. So in the seventies you had happy days in the nineties, you had that seventies show and uh, that, that type of stuff. And, you know, like uh, 
growing up or in college, everybody's like really into the 80s. And then eventually it moved on to everybody was really into the 90s. And I, I don't know where people are at now because I'm so disconnected from popular culture. It would If that holds true, then it would be the late 90s and early 2000s, which yeah. tracks. Yeah. And I suspect it has to do with what is seen as the prime advertising like bracket which would be 30 to 40 year olds when it comes to a lot of stuff just because they have the most spending power and what are they nostalgic for when they were teenagers and 20 year olds one of the plot points in this episode was almost the exact same plot point of uh, that 70 show episode in the first season where the kids find a keg and then have to get a tap i don't remember that Oh, that one was one of my favorites because they they skipped school and they were driving down. This is that 70s show. They skipped school. They're driving down the road. And then all of a sudden, there's just like a keg sitting in the middle of the road. And they're like, oh, and they get it. They have they figure out where to have, throw the party. So they throw it. And uh, Jackie's mom is a realtor and it's, uh, has a house that she's showing. It's got a swimming pool. And so she goes, we can go there and hang out. But then they realize that they don't have a tap and they go and they try to buy one. But in that one, the guy just sells it to them. And they're like, you're not going to idea us. And he goes, can't drink a tap. Like, oh, OK. Uh, and, I had the same thought in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and then that that tap gets broken. So they have to go steal Red's tap. And while Eric's going to steal Red's tap, they come and clear out the party. And there's all the parents. So like one of the one of the scenes near the end is eric not realizing that throwing a garden hose over the side of the pool like uh what's that called like a uh repel yeah repels down the side of the empty pool on the on the thing turns around and goes i stole my dad's tap and then it just cuts to his dad and the cops just standing there with their arms crossed oh another 90s reference zima yeah it was a 90 you're right but maybe I could be misremembering that 70s show, but that show felt like it was set in the 70s. This show felt like it was set in the 70s, but with some 90s, like a, a few 90s references thrown in. Yeah, the basement set just being the exact replica of the 90s basement or the 70s basement set was like. All right. I guess it's appropriate considering it's right in Kitty's house and they probably wouldn't have updated it all that much. But at the same time, it did it. I don't know. But it it feels like what it is, which is it's a bit of a cash grab. We'll just make this happen. Throw a few 90s references in there and call it good. Yeah. The scene I really enjoyed that I don't think they played out long enough, um, but was really funny was when they were doing the. Uh, sitting around the table playing cards, but they were doing the camera where it's set in the middle of the table and it like turns around and faces everyone. Yeah. Where in that 70s show, that was always when they were getting high. And here, the room is smoky, but it turns out it's because popcorn had burned. Um, <laughs> was it Red or Kitty that looks at Eric and Donna and just says, you're upstairs people now. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, I 100% knew when she... When they were hanging out in the basement in the end, Kitty comes down. It's like, oh, I found out all your dad's old board games and stuff. I 100% knew that there was going to be weed in there. It took me a minute, but then I remembered that's where they stashed it was Candyland. I remember the 
uh, that's where they stashed the weed and that's where he stashed his money because I remember getting really pissed at Red for stealing his candle and money in an episode of that 70s show. Oh, I don't remember that. But then it turns out he didn't steal it. It was like, or it was Hyde. Hyde stole it. Mm, Hyde. Fucking Hyde. Yeah. Um, There's a line in this that caught me off guard. It didn't catch me off guard, but it is her saying... Dad, you guys are always talking about the amazing times you had with your friends. And I was like, why are you telling your daughter? I watched eight seasons of what you and your friends were doing. Why are you talking about that with your daughter? Yeah, it feels uh, maybe it's a little like uh, How I Met Your Mother, where Mm -hmm. instead of talking about all the times they got high, they talked about all the times they sat down together and ate a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I guess she didn't realize what was in that bag when they pulled it See? out of the Candyland. I was going to say she didn't seem too surprised, but I guess she, she yeah. had no idea what it was. Yeah. This whole episode, Kitty is a little upset with Donna because Donna won't call her mom. Number one, it's been 20 years at least since that 70s show, right? Well, no, I guess it could have been closer. Like, well, no, how old's her daughter? Like 14? Yeah, 14 or 15. So it's been at least 15, 16 years since then. Yeah. Just call her mom. She does. Correct. But it was built... I guess the other part of what I was going to say is that... So that was built up the whole episode where Donna was just like, no, I don't want I don't want to do that. And then she says at the end, it didn't feel earned. This reminds me of uh, in that 70s show when they give... Eric the Vista Cruiser, and one of the things is Kitty getting to work. So Red was like, "You got to drive your mom to work." And there's like, "Oh man!" And Kitty's like, "Oh, he doesn't have to take me to work." And I was just sitting there being like, "Just drive your mom to fucking work." What are you talking about? Yeah, it takes five minutes, dude. Yeah. You're in whatever fuck town in Wisconsin. Point it can't, place. It can't be that big. So I remember in that '70s show they frequently hung out on that water tower. But I don't yeah. ever remember them drinking on that water tower because that seems like a supremely dumb to be dumb place to be getting drunk. Like chaotically dumb place to be getting drunk. They did some dumb shit on that water tower. They they drew a pot leaf on that water tower, like and precariously perched themselves in places. I think even they weren't drunk while they did that, I though. Think, I don't think. I think even somebody fell off of it. Yeah, Kelso, Kelso. Kelso yeah. absolutely did. <laughs> Kelso absolutely did. He might have gotten pushed more than once. Now that I think about it. <laughs> In another example of Topher Grace really uh, selling it and and doing an okay job on this, when Leia says she wants to stay in town uh, for the summer, and Eric is getting really upset, but he's just they can't find the words to say it, and then Donna s- says, "Don't worry, I got this." I found it really funny. We said, yeah, get her, Donna, unload with both barrels. <laughs> and then, of course, Donna is very supportive. Yeah. And then and Eric threatens to put his foot up at Leah's ass. And then, of course, he had to tie that into a Star Wars reference. Yeah, of course. Fucking nerd. He teaches a course in Star Wars. Fucking nerd. Oh, here's a note. Whiny Vagina. Pretty good name for a band, actually. Yeah, not yeah, not bad. Especially uh, in the nineties, I feel like that that would make a really good grunge band. Yeah. 
Hooker's Hole, opening for Whiny Vagina. Yeah. You want to write an episode two? It's been a while. This could be a good one. Uh, so, episode two. Episode two. What happened in the end of episode one? They found the weed. Oh, yeah. And uh, it got revealed that that J-Kid was a Kelso. Yeah. So, episode two's we're going to, what, start out with them sitting around the table in the basement with the smoke? Like a... Like that 70s show, and it'll cut to cut to each of them. Then when it gets to Leia, she's just going to be looking worried and not smoking weed. I, that absolutely is going to be how it actually starts. So I think we need to go. I don't know what word I'm going to use here. Wackier, because that 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 is just straight up how it's going to start. Oh, okay, wackier. They're sitting around a table and it's like going to each one and they're like throwing water balloons at each other. While smoking weed. <laughs> While smoking weed. And then like uh, if your uh, gigantic tubey gets put out by the water balloon, <laughs> you're out. <laughs> it's just like last person standing <laughs> gets the gigantic tubey. <laughs> okay. I have some ideas for some actual plots for this. Okay. Red makes Leia do so many chores that she doesn't feel like she's having fun and she can't hang out with her new friends. I think that there's an angle there that could be really interesting. I don't know if it would be funny. I don't know what the chores would be. I'm just going to give you the broad strokes. What if it's a little like the Karate Kid where at the end of it she says... God, why am I doing all these chores? I just want to hang out with my friends. And Red says, that's what I've been training you to do this whole time. Now scrub the oven. <laughs> but I don't know how that applies. <laughs> so, so he says, that, that, that's what I've been training you to do the whole time. Now scrub the oven. And she's like, oh. Just like the Karate Kid, that movie from 10 years ago in the 80s. And then she goes and then she scrubs the oven. And then, like, she goes down to the basement and her friends are already there, like, half stoned. And uh, they're like, oh, man, we could really use, like, some cookies right about now. And she's like, clean oven. I can go bake some cookies. And I think the end of the episode is her going to Red and saying, thank you for teaching me how to be cool and hang with my friends. Uh, you really are like Mr. Miyagi. And he goes, who the fuck is Mr. Miyagi? Yeah. And he's like, who the fuck is Mr. Miyagi? And also, I was just telling you that to get you to do the chores. Yeah, just clean the fucking <laughs> these, Clean the oven. These things aren't going to help you hang out with people. <laughs> I don't want you hanging out with that Kelso kid. He did give me skeevy vibes. The Kelso kid? Yeah. Did you watch the this season on? Yes. Oh, okay. Because she, like, gets a thing for him. Yeah. As as expected. And I'm sure when uh, uh, she's, like, thinking about having sex and Donna comes back, I'm sure there's a whole thing about, like, and not with a Kelso. I think that won't happen like that at all. Because I got the sense, just based on seeing that scene and the boxes of condoms everywhere, that we we're probably going to get a very sex-positive message, which is, that's fine, just use a condom. <laughs> which, in fairness, is the conversation that Red and Kitty maybe should have had with Eric. 
mm-hmm. back in the 70s. Yep, true enough. Okay. So, we got that plot point. What else? We need like a... Yeah, a, a, B, a, B, a B plot. Yeah. Something with the kids. But without Leia, because she's still busy cleaning the stove. Yeah, but they're still hanging out in the basement. Maybe they break something? Yeah, they break something and then spend a lot of time trying to fix it. They're like trying to hide it from Kitty. Like, uh, they're they're afraid she's going to be upset. Like it's oh, it's like a uh, like like some sort of uh, knickknack or something that Kitty uh, seems apparently fond of, and uh, she like sets it on the shelf downstairs for some reason, and then they're like sitting around the table doing their water balloon fight game with the doobies, and they hit the knickknack with a water balloon and it breaks, and they're like so paranoid and stoned they're like freaking out and then in the end it turns out that kitty didn't care about that knickknack at all because uh red's mom gave it to her didn't red's mom hate her i seem to recall that from that 70s show i believe it i don't i don't it's it's a pretty stereotypical my mother-in-law hates me sort of thing and was she played by um just played by somebody famous i don't remember who from happy days the mom from happy days right I don't remember. Marion Ross is her name. You got a picture there? From Happy Days. Yeah. Yep. Which is funny because Happy Days was in the 70s, but set in the 50s. It was probably an intentional. I see what they did there. Clever. Yeah. So the knickknack gets broken and Kitty doesn't care, but what they don't realize is that... um, Red's mom's soul was inside of that and has now escaped. Uh-huh. And? Uh-huh, and me, Eric. <laughs> I hope it came through in my uh-huh, but to this uh, through this audio medium, I feel it necessary to explain. That uh-huh was very skeptical. <laughs> I'm just not sure why we took a hard right turn into magic and shit. <laughs> All right, you're right. If, if no, no, just let let me finish my thought here. Okay. Because it feels like you're a very thinly veiled attempt at getting the cinnamon wizard involved. <laughs> oh, actually, I, I didn't think it happened. All right, want to wrap it up? Thanks for listening to the episode one podcast with Michael and Eric. You can check out our website. It's episode1podcast.com. That's spelled out O-N-E. Or follow us on Twitter at podcast episode one. That's the number one. If you like the show, leave a rating and review. If you didn't like the show, leave a rating and review. Just, like, lie. Four stars are better. Right. That's why I'm saying lie. So if you don't like it, just lie and leave a four or five star one. Don't make me go to the Apple store. Please don't. I don't. <laughs> they, they won't. They're so mad at me. <laughs> also, hey, Bosdy, thanks for the theme song, dude.